Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Good evening. Welcome to the Commonwealth Club of California. My name is Kalidip Chowdhury, and I'm here to celebrate and welcome the Year of the Dragon. Thank you for joining us. Let us begin. China has always played an outsized role in the history of the world. Ever since its civilization began on the banks of the Wang'e River, China has been capturing the imagination as few countries have. But the rise of modern China is especially astonishing. It is without parallel in modern history. More than 800 million people have been lifted out of poverty, 75% of the world's global poor. In 1990, 75% of China lived in rural areas. Now, 75% are urban. And here's another astonishing number for you. Between 2010 and 2013, more concrete was poured in China than in the entire 20th century of the United States. That's a mind-boggling number. <laughs> but, it's not, but it's not just concrete and steel alone. Just when California is backing away from the subsidies on renewable energy, China is now moving ahead. 50% of the world's electrical cars are either manufactured or consumed in China. 50% of the world's solar and wind energy is manufactured and consumed in China. But there are challenges ahead. China is emerging from a long COVID lockdown, and the questions remain, what impact will that have on its economy? And for the first time, China's population is contracting rather than expanding. It is an aging population. How will that affect China? And therefore, how will those ripples affect the rest of the world, affect the United States, and affect us here in California? And so we are very pleased and honored that Ambassador Zhang Jamin has agreed to join us on stage and present us his views on how China plans to address those challenges. So let us begin. So Ambassador Zhang, please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to this uh, position. Thank you, Kaladip, for your warm welcome. And thank you, members of Commonwealth Club, both uh, here on site and uh, online uh, for your interest in China and Chinese culture. Uh, let me start by extending to you the best wishes to you all for the Chinese New Year, the Year of the Dragon. It's a very auspicious year and hope it will bring all of us the best of luck and good fortune. Uh, as far as myself is concerned, uh, I've been in this job as Chinese Council General based in San Francisco for one year and eight months now. And before that, I served as Chinese ambassador to the Czech Republic for three and a half years. I joined the Chinese Foreign Service in the year 1990. And uh, my first visit to this country was in 1994. And I also served in the Chinese embassy in DC from 2009 to 2011. And uh, in my job uh, working in the headquarters of the Chinese Foreign Ministry, I've had the good fortune of uh, serving uh, many important visits and discussions. So I hope I could put all these experience into good use and do a good job 
in、uh, promoting more mutual understanding and friendship between China and U.S. as a whole, and in particular between China and California. Thank you. <laughs>、yeah. Have there been any surprises? What have you learned about California? What have you learned about the West Coast during your time here? I feel I'm very lucky because、uh, in the West Coast,、uh, it has a longer history of exchanges and cooperation with China.、Uh, it recently hosted APEC. And has uh, such a wonderful,、uh, hardworking Chinese、uh, community, which made important contribution to prosperity of、uh, this part of America. Uh, so uh, ever since I arrived, I've、uh, been very encouraged by the cooperation exchanges between California, in particular, with China.、Uh, for instance. Uh, we are about to celebrate the、uh, Year of the Dragon, the Chinese Spring Festival, and in September 2022, Governor Newsom signed into law that Spring Festival will be honored as a public holiday, and that was the first state to、uh, designate Spring Festival as a public holiday. And、uh, you mentioned、uh, the pandemic earlier in your opening remarks. Uh, governor Newsom was also the first U.S. governor to visit China in the wake of、uh, the、uh, pandemic, and、uh, that was a trip with a focus on climate change. And I think、uh, the visit was a great success. And also,、uh, the West Coast uh, has uh, served as the host city for、uh, two APEX. Uh, the first APEC took place、uh, in Seattle in 1993, and、uh, last year, San Francisco、uh, played very successfully、uh, host to uh, APEC. Uh, Chinese presidents came, and、uh, the two presidents also had a very successful summit, which、uh, give people、uh, much needed confidence. In the future of our relationship. Thank you, thank you. You raised some very important points. Let us talk about the future of your relationship. Uh, 2024 marks the 45th year of friendship between the United States and China.、Uh, it has not been without its challenges. How do you perceive the current state of affairs with、uh, China, with the United States?、Uh, this year marks, as you said. The 45th anniversary of、uh, China-U.S. relationship. It has not been without challenges, ups and downs, but viewed as a whole, the relationship has made significant headway. It has brought lots of tangible benefits to the people of the two countries. It has also contributed to peace, stability, and prosperity throughout the world. I often recall. The ice-breaking visit by、uh, President Nixon in、uh, 1972, together with Dr. Kissinger,、uh, President Nixon also visited my hometown, Hangzhou, where much of the negotiation、uh, on Shanghai Communique 
was done and it was finished actually in Hangzhou, but signed in Shanghai. Hangzhou is uh, not very far from Shanghai. What I want to say is that when President Nixon visited Hangzhou, he gave Hangzhou uh, some gifts on behalf of the United States. The gifts were five planted saplings of redwood trees. Over the past five decades and more, the tiny uh, uh, tree, tiny saplings, have grown into tall trees in the botanic garden and in the parks around the West Lake. I think this illustrates well the evolution of China-U.S. relationship over the past decades. When we established formal diplomatic ties in 1979, there was hardly any mutual investment. But last year, two-way investment amounted to 260 billion U.S. dollars. In 1979, our trade was less than uh, 2.5 billion U.S. dollars. And last year, the figure already increased to nearly 760 billion U.S. dollars. So our relationship has been, uh, I think, intertwined in uh, almost every aspect, uh, cultural exchanges, people-to-people exchanges, economic uh, exchanges. So as someone has uh, you know, told me, we are two major economies now. Neither can ignore the other side. So I think uh, the progress of the relationship has been real. And uh, anyone uh, who have an objective view and uh, fair-minded people would recognize the positive uh, impacts of the progress of our relationship to the two countries and to the whole world. Many uh, countries around the world actually are also concerned about the health of China-U.S. relationship because the way the two countries interact would also affect uh, their way of life and work. So that's the reason why people were so happy to see our two presidents talking to each other, reaching important consensus on so many important issues. This time, the two presidents uh, actually agreed on having dialogue, uh, having more exchanges on important subjects. The Chinese president in particular wanted the U.S. side to work together with China to make sure that the two major countries can get along well with each other. And the Chinese proposal was and continues to be that as two major countries, we need to show mutual respect. We need to live together in peace, and we need to engage in win-win cooperation. I think cooperation is the only way forward for the benefit of our two countries and in the interests of the whole world. Thank you. As you know, the IMF recently released a report that, that said any strains in the relationship will affect the global economy. Exactly. Your, does that, your thoughts on that? Exactly. 
that's also the reason why people are so concerned about tension in the relationship. Once there is、uh, tension in China-U.S. relationship, it could、uh, affect, I think, two percentage points of、uh, economic growth. For more than a decade, China has been a key engine of world economic growth. We have、uh, contributed to thirty、uh, percent of、uh, economic growth globally every year. So, if、uh, China and the United States, as the two leading economies, are not cooperating with each other, then it would、uh, disrupt the stability in supply chain, in、uh, industrial chain. So,、uh, just at a time when we need such cooperation to restore economic growth around the world, tension would actually bring about disaster for the whole、uh, humanity. Thank you. But nevertheless, a, a fear persists here in America,、hmm. and in fact, a poll conducted in last October by the Chicago Council of Foreign Affairs that said. Sixty percent of Americans feel that China's rise as a global power is a threat to peace. How do you, in your role, address those concerns?、Uh, I think、uh, they don't understand the Chinese culture, Chinese people, Chinese government's policy well enough.、Uh, in part, it's、uh, perhaps because of the、uh, COVID pandemic. You know, over the past three years, there were not much exchanges.、Uh, people stopped visiting each other, uh, so uh, this has given rise to、uh, lots of、uh, mutual understanding. People didn't have enough opportunity to explain to each other what they really think. Before the pandemic, we had five million mutual visits every year, more than three hundred direct flights per week. Across the Pacific between China and the United States, so we have a lot of、uh, catch-up work to do to make up for the losses caused by the pandemic. But there are also other factors at play. Uh, to me, uh, forgive my、uh, bluntness, I think this has also got a lot to do with the political correctness in this country.、Uh, some.、Uh, Politicians tend to politicize everything, so they are spreading those kind of uh, uh, fear and、uh, unwarranted and、uh, wrong accusations. That's the reason why when Chinese President Xi Jinping talked to、uh, President Joe Biden recently,、uh, he said that we need to work together. To do several things, the very first one is to develop a correct perception of each other. China should be viewed as a partner rather than an enemy, and China's development should be viewed as opportunity rather than a threat. We are more than happy to share with the rest of the world the opportunity of、uh, growth. And prosperity. You mentioned China's uh, progress in uh, renewable energy, in、uh, zero emission cars, in solar energy,、uh, etc.、Uh, 
for six years in a row in Shanghai every November, from November the fifth to the tenth, if I remember correctly.、Uh, China would invite、uh, people around the world, including from California, the Bay Area Council,、uh, to、uh, take part in the first ever、uh, import expo. I don't think other countries have ever done something like that. We want to take advantage of China's、uh, growth to share in the prosperity and opportunity of growth with the rest of the world. Thank you.、Uh, let us now. You mentioned APEC. Let us touch on APEC very briefly because, first of all, congratulations to you for organizing a very successful APEC. Uh, and you mentioned President Xi Jinping. He had identified five pillars of cooperation、yes. with the United States. How did, in your view, did the APEC conference conclude? And do you think that those five pillars of cooperation, which also includes people-to-people -people contact,、yeah. how how do you see in, yourself in your role in facilitating those、uh, pillars of cooperation? Yeah, thank you for mentioning the five pillars.、Uh, I already mentioned the first one, that is to、uh, jointly. Develop a right perception of each other. Then uh, it's uh, jointly uh, manage the differences in an effective way. Jointly advance mutually beneficial cooperation. Jointly shoulder international responsibilities as two major countries. And last but not the least, jointly promote、uh, cultural and people-to-people -people exchanges. So for me, I think this is.、Uh, A lot of work, you know, very demanding task. But I'm happy to do、uh, my best、uh, to fulfill my duty as the Chinese Council General. People to people exchanges is of、uh, utmost importance.、Uh, President Xi Jinping,、uh, in his、uh, speech during his stay in San Francisco, extended an invitation to fifty thousand American youth. To visit China in the next five years, I think、uh, when you see China with your own eyes,、uh, it could, you know, give you exposure to a real China, and、uh, you could make your own conclusion. How does your own observation differ from or match with? Uh, the, the the information you get from watching news or reading some of the newspapers or hearing the remarks from some politicians, so it's、uh, very important. And、uh, China is, as I said, doing a lot of trade with the United States, and trade basically is mutually beneficial. Give consumers more choice.、Uh, it creates jobs. It improves living standards, so win-win、uh, cooperation is really something that can help stabilize the relationship. And、uh, today's world is confronted with、uh, so many urgent challenges:、uh, climate change, pandemic,、uh, geopolitical tension.、Uh, both China and the United States are permanent members of the UN Security Council. Both have a role to play、uh, in making the world a better place for all. So I think the five pillars、uh, are really very important. The priority now 
is for us. When I say us, I mean both China and United States to work in concert, to、uh, work、uh, hand in hand to、uh, implement what the two presidents have agreed, rather than、uh, saying one thing but doing another, and then、uh, it could lead to setbacks and you know very frustrating. Thank you. Thank you for the answer.、Um, maybe I should now switch to uh, California. Mm. Uh, California and China and the Chinese people have a very long history. In fact, some might argue that Ch- the California was built on the back of Chinese labor. What most people don't know is that China is California's largest trading partner.、Mm. Uh, you mentioned that Governor Newsom had been to China. Could you tell us a little bit about that visit and what the outcomes were?、Mm. And what it means to our audience?、Uh, Governor Newsom、uh, led.、Uh, Climate change delegation to China in October, and、uh, he visited. He started his trip from Hong Kong, where he gave a talk on climate change. Then he、uh, visited Shenzhen,、uh, one of the、uh, first cities that、uh, opened up and、uh, conducted reform、uh, economically.、Uh, so in Shenzhen, Governor Newsom visited.、Uh, Uh, electric car, electric bus by、uh, BYD, and he then、uh, went to、uh, Guangzhou, where he、uh, signed、uh, agreement on climate change cooperation with Guangzhou. By the way, California enjoys sister state province relationship with、uh, Guangdong, with Jiangsu, with Inner Mongolia, with Sichuan. And、uh, he also visited、uh, Shanghai, visited、uh, visited Jiangsu, and、uh, he, of course, he、uh, visited Beijing. In Beijing, he also had meetings with uh, many uh, counterparts to have a seminar on climate change. Most important of all, he had a meeting with Chinese presidents, and President Xi, in his meeting with Governor Newsom. Said that the vigor and vitality of our relationship comes from subnational exchanges. So China welcomes the visit by Governor Newsom, and China is prepared to strengthen subnational exchanges, meaning between the provinces and the states in the United States, and between the counties and the cities. I feel that. The governors and mayors speak alike, because、uh, in their everyday work, they have to deal with the same issue:、uh, jobs, environment, you know, think food, things housing. So I think if、uh, we can enable the governors, the mayors of the two countries. To meet each other often, then the kind of misunderstanding that you mentioned earlier、uh, could disappear. Maybe not totally disappear, but will not stand in the way of、uh, efforts to advance mutually beneficial cooperation, because、uh, differences are always there. When Nixon visited、uh, China. 
China and U.S. were so different, vastly different. But we were able to come together uh, by finding common ground. I think uh, this remains true today. Thank you. Uh, quick question, uh, which is relevant to California. Before the revolution in 1948, uh, 20% of China's population was educated. 100 million out of 400 million. Hmm. Now it's close to 100%. How can California's universities' educational system play a role in helping with that educational uh, transfer exchange? Um, California is very strong in uh, education. Uh, for instance, uh, you have uh, Stanford, you have Berkeley, you have UC Davis, you have many other you know, wonderful universities. And uh, I think when I was a student, my teacher told me that you have, if you have an apple, I have an apple, uh, we exchange then still you have only two apples, right? If you have an idea, I have an idea, then uh, we can have, you know, more ideas. So I think this is the same with education. Uh, if people can come together to share ideas, to uh, compare notes and learn from each other, uh, you know, the Chinese students would also enrich the classroom uh, here uh, because they will bring with them uh, Chinese culture, Chinese way of thinking, Chinese philosophy, which might also prove useful and give American students and students from other countries inspiration. At the same time, the Chinese students here would also draw inspiration from their peers from other cultures. Uh, so, so we want to see uh, more robust educational exchanges. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I feel that because of the political correctness, uh, we have uh, come across some obstacles in such exchanges. For one thing, uh, we are simplifying uh, visa application procedures. Uh, my office committed to to be exchange friendly, meaning we are twenty four seven. You know, if we have an issue, if you request assistance, then we would open our office to meet your need and facilitate your visa application. But uh, for the Chinese applicants in Beijing and other Chinese cities, the the queue is too long. And uh, now we promise to the public that we'll be able to give you visa in four working days. And uh, no prior, uh, no need for prior appointments. And we hope that uh, the U.S. side uh, can also uh, do more to meet the need of the aspiring students. Thank you. Thank you. Let us talk about the exchange of ideas. Uh, what many people in our audience might not be aware, as Ambassador Zhang just mentioned, the world's largest electrical car manufacturing company is not Tesla. It's BYD. And China is unique, is that it controls the entire supply chain from, from cobalt mining to robots manufacturing electrical cars. It is also true 
that once upon a time, China learned, which is one of the ambassador's favorite subjects, green policy. It learned a lot about green policy from California and from the United States. But now the tables have switched. The student has now become the teacher. <laughs> what can California learn from China on green policy? Um, I think that it's a two-way learning process. Uh, each will bring to the table its a unique strength. And uh, I think if we have this kind of positive uh, learning from each other, this kind of positive attitude to learn from each other, both sides will benefit. Uh, we have been uh, very aggressive in uh, imposing uh, uh, requirements on uh, green energy. So, uh, uh, for instance, in Hainan province, uh, all the cars, you know, have to be uh, uh, without without uh, green without how to say uh, without uh, climate warming emission. Uh, so, so uh, I think in this field, uh, there's really a lot of room uh, for mutual learning. Thank you. Uh, let us now talk about climate change. Uh, and interesting facts. In 1990, there were about two refrigerators for every 100 households in rural China. And that number is now 90. In 1990, there were about 15 air conditioners for every 100 households in China. That number is now 150. This has a severe effect on electricity consumption and on emission of greenhouse gases. The United States and China together emits more than 40% of the world's greenhouse gases. I've talked a lot about uh, renewable energy, solar energy, and, but it is also true that 60% of China's electricity comes from coal plants, and that is growing as it meets the demand of its ever-growing population. How do you see from your perspective, given your own passionate cause in, in climate change and renewable, how do you see a country like China balance the needs of two, of a, of a modernizing population? Because obviously the rest of the world will see China as an example in how China has dealt with these uh, issues. Mm. Uh, economic growth is important because uh, it uh, has a direct bearing on jobs and people's living standards. But environmental protection is also important, and increasingly so. So uh, how to balance uh, is really a demanding job. As far as China is concerned, we've announced our goals to achieve uh, uh, carbon neutrality and the car peak, you know. And uh, actually, uh, China spends less time than uh, what it would take other industrialized countries to, to achieve the same targets. What I'm proud of is uh, China's track record in reducing uh, unit GDP energy consumption uh, for the past you know, uh, years. Uh, China's economy has grown significantly, but for on average, for 6% of GDP growth, the energy per unit GDP energy consumption actually grew at only above 3%, meaning 
we are growing in a more environmental friendly way. So I think the Chinese people are now more and more aware of the needs of environmental protection and climate change. When I go back to visit my home hometown and uh, visit uh, other Chinese cities, actually, one big change or the biggest change I've noticed is uh, the environment. Uh, the river has, be, you know, the water in the river has become much, you know, cleaner. Has become more clean. Uh, in the past, when I grew up, when I was a little boy. I grew up near a small stream, a small river, a branch, a tributary of the Grand Canal. It was、uh, very near to、uh, a textile a mill and very close to a paper making factory. So the color of the water in the river kept changing. At that time, you know, I didn't know much about environmental protection. Even though it smelled, I thought it was quite, you know, romantic to see the color change. <laughs> But now, when I go back, I saw people fishing, you know, in in the same river. So this is really a very big change.、Um, for the time being, you know, China's national parliament, China's、uh, our Congress, usually meets,、uh, have its annual session in March. At the provincial level, the provincial legislatures usually meet before the Spring Festival. So,、uh, in these days, you can see that various provinces are having their provincial、uh, parliamentary session. And、uh, I tuned in TV one day, and I heard one governor from Fujian. He said that he reiterated. Uh, their commitment that if、uh, he finds there a contradiction between a certain project of economic development and the need of environmental protection, he would、uh, give more priority to environment. So if、uh, he couldn't feel comfortable that the project will not hurt environment, then he would rather. Not have the project and keep the environment in good shape. I think this reflects the、uh, change of、uh, focus, change of priority. So even though、uh, China, you know, still have a lot of work to do in uh, in, uh, for instance,、uh, keep progressing、uh, in its、uh, environmental protection endeavor. We are now more than determined, more determined than ever, to、uh, strike a better balance. Thank you, thank you.、Uh, I also started by talking about、uh, China's population.、Mm. For the first time in history, recorded history, China's population is shrinking rather than expanding.、Mm -hmm. How do you feel that this has an effect on China's economy?、Mm. It. I sometimes、uh, think of my、uh, son. <laughs> How many children would he be willing to have after he gets married? You know,、uh, I have two elder sisters.、Uh, my wife and I, we have only one child, so it's only—it's not surprising 
that the population is shrinking、uh, because of the policy over the past years. Now we are introducing readjustment、uh, to the policy, and we are encouraging the young couples to have more than just one. You know, better two,、uh, preferably you know, three, even better. <laughs> however, however, it's not a issue. Uh, of uh, you know only、uh, seen in China that、uh, the young people are not that enthusiastic in you know having many <laughs> children.、Uh, I understand that they you know lead、uh, fast-paced lives and、uh, they are working or living under more pressure <laughs> than、uh, we. Or our parents' generation, my parents' generation. But still, even though China's population is shrinking, we need to recognize that, in terms of its educated population, its、uh, effective workforce, its a pool of talents,、uh, is not really shrinking that much. So I think,、uh, number-wise,、uh, it's、uh, shrinking. Um, but、uh, talent-wise, it's still growing,、uh, thanks to progress in education. But of course, uh, uh, we are seeing the aging population. And、uh, for instance,、uh, my mother-in-law,、uh, because my wife and I are working here, and my wife's uh, sister, uh, my sister-in-law,、uh, she also she's a professor and she's also very busy. So, how to take care of、uh, her mom uh, is a、uh, demanding task, you know, for us. And、uh, I think other Chinese households、uh, probably face the same uh, dilemma. Uh, so, we need to、uh, develop more elderly care facilities.、Uh, we need to、uh, further develop China's medical uh, service uh, so that.、Uh, When people age, they can still、uh, be well taken care of, and so I think、uh, we we are also learning from the experience of other countries, and、uh, this can also be an area where China and U.S.、Uh, can you know have dialogue, share experience, and learn from each other. It's not just a, a challenge for China. I think it's also a challenge for many other economies. It is, in fact, Ambassador Zhang. The example that is most usually thrown out is the example of Japan,、mm. which in the 1990s went through a similar process.、Mm. And the question remains: Has Japan advanced beyond that stage? So, what have you learned from your studying of history as how Japan addressed that and how China can address that?、Uh, as I said, you know,、uh, we、uh, see the population、uh, aging. Uh, so I mentioned earlier that、uh, we need to develop more aggressively the elderly care facilities,、uh, old pe- senior people's house, and we also uh, need to uh, uh, do a better job in social security arrangements, so that to develop more insurance.、Uh, I think、um, we in China. Have a philosophy of taking care of the elderly, 
So uh, it's uh, a very important task for not just the government, but also ordinary citizens in China. So also as China is making the transition from being the manufacturing center of the world mm. to perhaps the center of innovation, uh, I think there are some that an audience might not be aware of because there's a feeling that whatever the United States does, that China copies. But now it seems that the reverse is also happening. And I'll give a couple, cite a couple of examples uh, that Facebook copied WeChat. WeChat, very early on, had a payment option for a session. And Facebook copied that five years afterwards. And no one raised an eyebrow. Uh, everyone is familiar with TikTok. And obviously, a few years later, Instagram came up with its own module for TikTok. So how do you see, you've raised a very good point on that the population may be aging, but more and more education, educated people are coming to the floor. How do they play in this innovative to drag China into the next uh, century? Uh, people in China are proud of their innovation in the past. Uh, paper making technology, the compass, the fireworks, you know, etc. And today, uh, China is home to more than 400,000 high tech companies. And also, uh, China has the second largest number of unicorns. Uh, so innovation is uh, getting uh, more and more prevalent in China. Uh, China you know, enjoyed uh, sustained economic growth uh, over the past decades. We used to have double-digit growth as a result of opening up and reform. And now the size of the economy has become already so big that, you know, we are making a shift to quantity-focused growth to uh, quality-focused growth. So we have to rely on uh, innovation. Uh, China has benefited from exchanges and opening up with the uh, outside world. And at the same time, China is also making contribution uh, to the well-being of people in other countries through our own innovation. Uh, talking about intellectual property rights protection, uh, it's not because other countries want us to do this. It's actually... Uh, you know, out of our own interests, we have to uh, enforce intellectual property rights, you know, laws and regulations. We have set up tribunals on intellectual property rights. So uh, if you look at the number of uh, application of patents, uh, copyrights protection cases, the number is very encouraging. Uh, so here, uh, California, is, uh, you know, I think is a pioneer in innovation in uh, so many areas. So it's always mutually beneficial for the Chinese uh, young people in particular uh, to uh, work together with their American counterparts and uh, have brainstorming and draw inspiration from each other. Thank you. 
by the way, I'm sorry for being uh, distracted, uh, Ambassador Zhang. I have never seen so many questions uh, come in. <laughs> and so I have to sort through them, read them while talking to you at the same time. So please forgive me. But a subject that has come up, which is uh, also there at the APEC conference, is your Belt and Road Initiative. Mm. Could you explain to the audience what the Belt and Road Initiative is? Mm. The Belt and Road Initiative uh, is about China's uh, cooperation with uh, countries uh, in uh, from the hinterland to the west. So that's on the uh, the belt, uh, and that's on the road part. And also uh, on the sea, we have the maritime uh, Silk Road. So uh, this initiative uh, has uh, been there for ten years, and it has. Uh, actually drawn uh, lots of support from countries along the routes. And together, uh, they have uh, created infrastructure projects, uh, production projects, which uh, created jobs and uh, lifts the living standards of uh, the people along the routes. Uh, we want this uh, uh, Belt and Road Initiative to be a public good initiative. And we want to give the opportunity uh, to other countries to uh, use China's uh, experience for reference. And uh, I think uh, we are doing a good job. Uh, we have had several uh, summit meetings about the Belt and Road Initiative. And, uh, if, and this initiative is uh, open to all. So for anyone who is interested in uh, joining, they are more than welcome to join us. And so that is one of the questions from the audience. Uh, it is as a former elected official. Mm. Uh, the question is from the United States, how can China work in its Belt and Road Initiative with perhaps some of the urban communities in California? How do you see that in your uh, role? In, is that is a potential opportunity for that? For the urban communities in California? Uh, for the urban communities in California, I think uh, uh, smart city uh, could be, uh, you know, uh, a very good topic uh, where the urban dwellers and the uh, Chinese, you know, city management uh, can work together how to uh, how to build more energy saving. Uh, Apartments, for example, uh, I think city planning is a very uh, important subject, and there's so much to discuss. Uh, public transport, for instance, and uh, one subject that is uh, in headline every day is artificial intelligence. So I think this is also an area where you know people, engineers, students uh, in different countries uh, can uh, have just more discussion on uh, because uh, artificial intelligence uh, is growing very fast. It's attracting so much uh, investment and it's revolutionary and uh, it will probably, I think it's, it's uh, definitely, it will definitely affect every aspect of our lives. But how can it be governed? How can it be properly managed 
so that we can uh, maximize the positive impacts and uh, prevent uh, potential risks and dangers. Uh, I think this is uh, on everybody's mind. So this could also be a, a subject where uh, people can uh, work together. Thank you. I will now uh, depend a lot on your diplomatic skills to answer the next question. Uh, I'll is, try. Which is coming on elections in the United States are coming up very shortly. Mm. How does it affect? How do you? How does the paths change with different candidates? Mm. Uh, how do you, in your position, uh, address to meet that? Uh, first of all, China. Uh, it's that's your election, <laughs> uh, and we don't interfere in other countries, you know, domestic politics. But having said that, China-U.S. relationship is so important that it affects us all. So uh, we certainly hope that uh, people. Vote, vote for someone who would contribute to a better China-U.S. relationship. And uh, I think what makes me happy is that if you look back on the past forty-five years of China-U.S. relationship, it has been the consensus of both parties to develop uh, a good China-U.S. relationship. Uh, Nixon, you know, he uh, broke ice by uh, visiting China in 1972. And uh, it was uh, President Carter who uh, formally established diplomatic ties. And uh, since then, you've had uh, presidents from uh, both parties, uh, you know, having exchanges with their Chinese counterparts, visiting uh, President Bush, Forty-one and forty-three, you know, they visited China. Uh, Clinton, Obama, Trump, Biden. I think uh, it's in the interests of people of the two countries and the people of the whole world for our two countries to have a stable and cooperative relationship. And I think the whole world expects responsibility from uh, elected uh, officials to work towards a better relationship. Thank you. You mentioned uh, Governor Newsom's visit to China, but that was built on previous visits, starting from Republican governors who have visited China to build up this. Uh, one of the questions from the audience is, what is your suggestion for the next uh, stage of development between California and China? Oh, um, I think we have a lot to do. Uh, for instance, let's start with uh, the uh, student exchanges. Uh, President Xi invites uh, 50,000 American young people to visit China in the next five years. And uh, we believe uh, California uh, could account for, you know, many out of the 50,000. And uh, we also hope that there will be more uh, direct flights between California and China. 
Bay Area Council every year runs the uh, California Pavilion on behalf of the uh, entities or businesses uh, from California in the uh, International Import Expo in Shanghai every year. So we hope that it can also do more uh, to introduce more uh, American products and services uh, to China. Uh, in the next uh, five years, China will import a total of uh, $17 trillion, uh goods and trillion dollars of goods and services from the rest of the world. So uh, the market demand from uh, a growing economy like China's uh, is huge. And the Chinese people, as they improve their living standards, also want to uh, enjoy more Napa Valley wine, you know, more uh, sun-kissed orange. <laughs> so... So I think uh, we can do more trade, uh, and uh, we we can have more cooperation on climate change and work together on those pressing global challenges together. Thank you. Uh, another question to test your diplomatic skills. Uh, there's an increasing concern in California about North Korea's military might, mm. and People in California especially feel that they are within range of the missile, uh, that program that North Korea has. What is China's role? What is China's responsibility in ensuring the safety, given that how that affects peace in the world? Uh, North Korea is a sovereign country. Uh, so uh, it's responsible for its own conduct. Uh, China and uh, the DPRK are close neighbors. And we have normal uh, friendship and cooperation, very close ties. So we want their economy to grow, and we want their people to enjoy a, a good life. At the same time, you know, because of the tension between the uh, DPRK and some other countries, uh, you see uh, incidents, you see uh, tension. Uh, emerge from time to time. But for us, we always call for a peaceful uh, settlement of uh, disputes, and we always call for dialogue between the parties concerned. I've been involved in, uh, uh, at the beginning it was four-party talks, then it was uh, six-party talks. We want to bring about uh, permanent peace and uh, we want there to be peace and stability on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, but it depends on, really, efforts from each and every one of the stakeholders. So we hope that the United States would also uh, be, uh, play a more constructive uh, and helpful role in this regard to stabilize the situation. Thank you. Early on, when you first started, you mentioned the rise of artificial intelligence. We talked about potentially fake news. You also talked about getting access. You talked about the political environment and how that affects the news that we get here in America. If you were an audience member, how would you, what would sources would you, you rely on to get an accurate description of China? Um, of course, uh, I would rely on... Uh 
China's own, uh, you know, news. We have uh, many uh, good news agencies like Xinhua News Agency, China Daily, People's Daily, CGTN, uh, CCTV. Uh, they are all, you know, very international now. And I also uh, draw on uh, credible uh, news uh, agencies. Uh, but most important thing is uh, you need to uh, check what you read with the facts on the ground. So uh, uh, sometimes you do uh, see uh, fake news. And uh, the, we have uh, one program uh, in CGTN, and actually uh, it's called Headline Busting, something like that, you know. It would uh, expose uh, the fallacies. Uh, some, some, some people, you know, some correspondents use outdated uh, uh, pictures, and some uh, would use a picture of uh, one country to talk about things uh, happening in another country. And that could be very misleading. And artificial intelligence, which has been uh, blamed for deep faking, uh, I think is a challenge uh, for all of us. So uh, how to work together to uh, make sure that AI could be used in a responsible way, uh, not to let AI be used in such a way that it will mislead people, misguide people, uh, is something that needs to be taken very seriously. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ambassador Zhang. We have, a couple, we have a personal question for you. And the personal question is, uh, many people here in the Bay Area are not used to seeing people from the foreign service or the diplomatic service. Uh, how do you, there are quite a few people over here of, of Chinese origin. Mm. How do you encourage people uh, such, to follow in your footpath to get in the foreign service such as yourself? I think uh, it's uh, my honor to serve my country as a diplomat. And uh, here in San Francisco, everyone is proud of the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, diplomacy is actually about building bridges rather than erecting barriers. We do solve problems, but we solve problems by building bridges, by avoiding conflicts, by making necessary compromise through uh, bringing about better mutual understanding. So I think uh, it's a noble job. Uh, there's no higher honor than uh, representing your country and serving not just the interests of your own uh, countrymen, but also the uh, common interests of the people on this planet. Uh, if you are not in foreign service, sometimes when you talk about some, uh, you know, big jargons like world peace, stability, you know, sound so distant and hollow. Uh, but if you have been engaged in diplomacy for years, then you do feel the sense that you show the heavy responsibility. What you do one way or another, does affect uh, the future of the world. Uh, I've served in my job uh, as interpreter 
between summit meetings. And when I look back, I always feel that what an honor to serve as a bridge in、uh, promoting、uh, mutual understanding、uh, between the two countries and between the two peoples. So I think,、uh, actually, I, when I、uh, go back to China,、uh, I often、uh, get invited by our human resources department to、uh, talk to uh, uh, university students and、uh, to share with them my story and、uh, how you know, it is important for the young people to have a dream. Of、uh, serving the country and serving mankind uh, through uh, foreign service, uh, it, I think you know we need to have more people.、Uh, after all, you know, no matter how advanced、uh, AI gets,、uh, people still need to rely on human intelligence, and、uh, we still need to have a face-to-face、uh, dialogue. To、uh, solve problems and uh, to uh, to make progress,、uh, mutually beneficial things. So, one last question, and this will severely test your diplomatic skills. <laughs>、uh, and it is a question from the audience: Is how does the San Francisco Zoo get access to a couple of pandas? <laughs> You've talked about building bridges. You talked about building results. So, yeah.、Uh, President Xi, in his remarks,、uh, talked about how pandas are loved、uh, by people in this country, especially the children. And the Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has already announced that panda will be coming back to California. Uh, I've uh, visited San Francisco Zoo. It's a very nice zoo near Ocean Beach, and、uh, so let's wait and see. And I know, you know, the mayor and、uh, the the governor and lieutenant governor, you know,、uh, are all very uh, enthusiastic uh, about uh, uh, getting panda back into California. So.、Uh, I'm also looking forward to、uh, seeing that happen. Wonderful, and we will hold the ambassador to his promise. <laughs> and、we'll、let's work together. <laughs> thank you. So, with that, we thank the ambassador for his presence, and with this, this concludes this meeting. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting our work and help us bring 500 programs a year to listeners like you. Go to CommonwealthClub.org/donate. Think your way around the world with our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live at our events. Thank you for listening and for your support.